We're going to look at two passages today. Uh, You're spoilt for choice. Uh, Not just one bit of God's word, but two. Who would have thought it? Um, uh, So we're going to read firstly from Psalm 46 and then 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So if you've got your Bibles and can want to put a thumb and a finger in each, or if you want to uh, look them up online, or if you want to use them, the words will be on the screen as well. Um, But we're going to start off by listening to some words of the psalmist in Psalm 46 um, and just verses 10 and 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then 1 Thessalonians 5 and uh, verses 16 to 18, the Apostle Paul tells us that to rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. As we come to think about these passages together, let me uh, start by uh, leading us in prayer. Father God, We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it beholds, for the way in which it reveals who you are and how we can best know and follow you. And so, Lord, as we come to look at these passages together and spend some time uh, looking at your word, Lord, would you be speaking by the power of your spirit? Would we have hearts and ears and minds to hear what you are saying, that we might not just hear some words from a piece of paper or some words that I might be speaking, but we might hear your word for us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking together at how we can train and develop good habits that will help us to be able to grow in our faith. Uh, We've said that faith is a muscle, and therefore, if we're to grow and develop our faith, we need to train and, and work that muscle in order to enable it to grow, that we might be able to live our best life, that Jesus wants us all to live. One of the things that blows my mind about the Christian faith is that we are invited into a relationship with Jesus. There are so many Bible verses that I could mention that illustrate this point, but the long short of it, or the short of it, is that Jesus cares about you. Uh, And not only does he care about you, he wants to invite you into a relationship with himself. Jesus knows the number of hairs that are on your head. That is how much he cares about you. Jesus promises to be with us always. He wants to be close to us and in a relationship with us. Our faith is not just some kind of trinal or theological statement that we are able to recount and believe. It goes beyond an academic understanding or a theology of who our God is. Our faith is relational. It's conversational, it's emotional, and it's something that grows and develops over time. One of the main ways that we can maintain our relationship with God is through prayer 
and knowing who our God is. So this morning we're going to spend some time looking at these passages that we've read together and thinking about some practical ways that we can get relational with God, that we can maintain our relationship with Jesus. But first of all, I want to start by thinking about why prayer and knowing who God is is so important as we train ourselves to grow in our faith. Like any relationship, our relationship on, with God depends on openness and communication. I'm sure I'm not the only one here, but over the years, I have had some great and wonderful friends. We've spent loads of time together. We've got on like a house on fire, laughing and joking and tasing one another. We've shared big life moments um, in our lives and done all the good things that good friends do. But for one reason or another, sadly, some of those friends that I've been really close to and really good friends with have lost contact over the years. Our friendships never ended, but life has just moved on. Maybe one of us has got a new job and we've not spent quite as much time together. Or a new girlfriend has come on the scene that has changed the, rela the, the uh, relational dynamics. Over time, we haven't been able to communicate with one another as we once did. And as a result, our friendship has become more distant. Prayer is central to growing in our faith because it keeps us connected to Jesus. May our relationship with Jesus never be like that of me and my distant friends where we sort of get cut off from talking to one another and we grow or we fall back and become distant and not as uh, relational as we once were. Jesus wants to be at the heart and at the center of our lives. If we are to live our best life, if we are to fully embrace the life that Jesus offers to us all, then we need to be people of prayer and people who know who our God is. We need to talk to him. We need to spend time in his company. This morning, I want to spend some time just looking at two habits that can help us to maintain our relationship with God that can help us to breathe him in, as we talked about a few weeks ago, uh, that we might be able to grow in our faith. And the first of these is be still. Now, hold my hands up. Of all the habits that we're going to be talking about over the coming weeks, this is possibly the one that I find the hardest. Um, I am terrible at stopping and being still. I often have my best ideas in one of two places, either the shower or when I've just got into bed at night. Uh, there have been times where I've spent all day um, battling with a sermon, trying to work out what I'm going to share with you all, and I've been working on it, getting frustrated. Why is it not coming to me? I can't seem to work it out. And it's only when I've got into bed, turned the light off, Rachel's snoring, uh, that it... I'm going to regret that one later. <laughs> it's only as I turn off the light that it suddenly comes into my head just as I've stopped the moment of inspiration breaks. 
and I have that moment of breakthrough. Being still is a powerful force to embrace. We spend so much of our lives doing, thinking, being, rushing around, that we rarely get that space to stop, to be still, to think, and to reflect, to take our eyes off of the world that surrounds us, and as we heard in our reading, to be still and know that God is God. The practice of meditation and mindfulness is one that's well recognized and often talked about in the world today. And to the extent that every day my watch reminds me to take some time to practice mindfulness during the day. I know it's a smart watch, but the, the things that technology can do these days is phenomenal. But developing a habit of stillness when we follow Jesus is even more powerful than taking some time out of our day because our our watch tells us that now's the time to practice some mindfulness. And the reason for this is quite simple. The Eastern philosophy of meditation and mindfulness is is based around the idea that as we stop, we empty our minds, and it is in that emptying where we find peace. But the Bible teaches us something quite different. The Bible teaches us a different way of practicing meditation, and the psalmist picks it up beautifully in the passage that we read today. Instead, he says, be still and know that I am God. Not be still and empty your mind and then you'll find peace, but be still, fill your mind with me, and then you will know peace. God doesn't want us to empty our minds, but rather to fill our minds with who he is. He is the one who is exalted throughout the nations and across the earth. He is the Lord Almighty. On him we can always depend. I find using the Lectio 365 app a really helpful tool in my own personal devotions. And one of the things that I love about this app is that every day it leads me into prayer by saying this. I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. Hear that again. I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to breathe Jesus in, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. I know that my senses can often feel scattered. I know that I often get caught up in all that's going on around me, that I lose sight of the presence of God. And so it is good to be able to pause, to be still, to know that God is God. And to recenter myself, not on all that's going around me, but on him alone. I wonder, how do we keep that focus on Jesus? How do we recenter ourselves on him? With all the things that are going around competing for our time and our attention, how do you stop your senses from being scattered and instead fix your eyes on Jesus. When times get tough, how, when you're facing pressure and uncertainty, 
How do you respond? Do you get caught up in the crisis? Or do you pause to be still and know that God is God? How do you keep your faith in Jesus? We can so easily spend our times running from A to B, dealing with crisis after crisis, before we then just jump straight into the next thing that's on our to-do list. But God cares for us. He is the one who is with us. When he is with us, nothing will ever overcome us. All he does is invite us to be still and to know that he is God. So in a world where it's so easy to be overstimulated, how can we practically be still and know God? Could it be that you manage to carve out five minutes of your day to just sit in stillness and in space? Not with the view of emptying your mind, but instead to recenter your scattered senses on the presence of God, to refill your mind with the knowledge of who God is and his presence with you in that moment. Next time you're wandering around and you're left on your own for 30 seconds, instead of reaching for your phone as an knee-jerk reaction to look at what's going on in the world or just to look at a screen because you've not looked at one for 10 minutes, um, how could you instead use that time of not reaching for your phone but instead reaching for God, of taking that moment to pause to be still and to know that God is God, that he was present with you in what you have just been in and he will be present with you in what you are going towards. This practice of being still is not one that is easily learned. There is no book that you can read that's going to help you to learn it. The best way you can learn to be still, to know God's presence, to recenter your scattered senses on God is to just be still, to practice it as, or to learn it as you practice it. The best way to know God is to regularly pause and to take the moment to fix our eyes on who he is. Recently, I was listening to a podcast, um, and uh, on this particular episode that I was listening to, one of the hosts of the podcast Uh, was saying that he has, as one of his own personal habits, uh, the habit of going and taking long, silent retreats, like multiple days, if not multiple weeks, of silent retreats. And uh, what was really fascinating was, as they talked about their experience of going on these long, silent retreats, was that without fail, when they went and they stopped and they stepped into the silence and the stillness. Every time they said they had a deep encounter with God, an encounter that transformed their perspective and transformed their life. Now, we might not have the luxury of being able to go on long, extended, silent retreats, but to know God, to continue to grow in our relationship with him, we need to know who he is. And we can only get to know who he is if we are willing to create the space to see him and to appreciate him for who he is. The best relationships 
are when we know each other well. Jesus knows you so well that he knows the number of hairs on your head. We are invited to also know Jesus. The question is, how well do you know him? How might you create the space to be able to get to know him more? We can get to know God by being still and knowing him for who he is, but we can also get to know him through prayer. One of the habits that Jesus actively encourages and expects his disciples to follow. Not only did Jesus pray, but he taught his disciples to pray um, in, in the expectation that they would be people of prayer. We've prayed it together this morning, the Lord's Prayer, taught to us, modelled for us by Jesus, that we might pray as he taught us to pray. Earlier we heard Paul's encouragement to the church in Thessalonica as he encourages them, and us today, to rejoice always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, in Jesus Christ. What a wonderful call to prayer. Let me give you a little bit of context here. The church in Thessalonica was planted by Paul and Silas and Timothy. But having planted the church and got it established, they had to leave the city because a great big riot kicked off because Paul and Silas and Timothy dared to say that Jesus was a bigger deal than Caesar. They basically said that Jesus is Lord, he's more powerful, more, has greater authority than the leader of the day, and the city didn't like it. They had to run for their lives, but the church remained in Thessalonica. Once they'd left the city, Paul was concerned for the church that was left behind. He wanted them to continue to stand firm in their faith, even when they were facing intense and brutal persecution. Word had got back to Paul that the church was indeed standing firm in their faith. And so this letter to the, in, in, in Thessalonians is him encouraging the church in their faith. And his final encouragement was that they should continue to remain faithful to Jesus, be expectant of his return, that their hope is not extinguished. And it is in this context that these verses that we read together were written. We learn a lot about prayer, not necessarily in the good times, but in the times when we have no other option but to pray. When our faith muscle is at its weakest, that is when the power of prayer comes at its greatest. Prayer gives life and it changes lives. Prayer shifts and transforms our focus. As we often sing together, when, when all we see is the battle, prayer enables us to see our victory that we have in Jesus. When we walk through the shadows, prayer enables the love of God to surround us. This morning, I don't want to do a deep dive into the theology and the significance of prayer. I'm going to assume that we're all in agreement that prayer is good, but I am going to share a testimony with you. 
This last weekend, we've had a, a wedding in our church, and some of our guests came in on Friday night to try and set up the church ready for the, ready for the wedding yesterday. And uh, lo and behold, they turned up on Friday afternoon, and they put the key in the lock, and they turned the lock, and the lock wouldn't open. And they were outside for about an hour trying to get the key in the lock to turn it. Uh, the locksmith was about three minutes away to try and get into the church because there was no other way in uh, when someone suggested, how about we pray? So they prayed. And never guess what? The key went in the lock, the lock turned, and they were in the church. You don't need a locksmith, people. All you need to do is pray. Prayer works. Praise God. <laughs> One that we didn't have to pay the locksmith, but thank God for that as well. Uh, but I want to focus today on the practicalities of prayer. See, I know that going for a run is good for me, but it doesn't necessarily mean to say that I go for a run. Likewise, I know that prayer is good. I know that prayer works. But do I always pray? We often know that we, I, I'm sure we would all say today that prayer is good, that we want to be people of prayer. But the practicality of how we pray, putting that prayer into practice, is often where we get stuck. So how can we be people of prayer? Well, first, we need to be people who pray with gratitude and celebration. This passage we read uh, from 1 Thessalonians starts with rejoice. Uh, the, the church in Thessalonica were facing some huge challenges. Life was not easy for them. It was not simple for them. It was deeply painful for them. They were being persecuted and challenged because of their faith in Jesus and their trust that he was Lord over all. And yet Paul encourages them in all the trial, in all the difficulty, to rejoice. The foundations of our prayers must always be gratitude. Prayer is about far more than just bringing our requests to God, but it should be an act of worship, an act of praise. How can you build a habit of rejoicing, of celebrating, of worshipping God for who he is and what he has done for you? If you can do that, you're on your way to praying. In fact, you are praying. Worship is prayer. You might like to write down something each day that you are thankful for and rejoice for it. You might like to listen to some worship music each morning that helps you to fix your mind on who God is and rejoice in who he is. You might like to rejoice each time you see a breakthrough at work, thinking, thank you, God, you're helping me to do a good job. Here's one for you. You might like to rejoice each time you get some bad news. What do you want about that? I don't want to rejoice. I've got bad news. How about you rejoice, not that you've got the bad news, but that you don't have to go through that bad news on your own because God is with you. You don't stand in your own strength, you stand in his strength. That is something we can all rejoice and be thankful for. If we are to be people of prayer, we need to be people who practice the habit of rejoicing, the habit of gratitude to God. 
Prayer also encourages us to be a church that is pers- to be persistent in prayer, praying continually. For some of us, the habit of going into a quiet room for 20 minutes, sitting still, eyes closed, and praying works brilliant for you. For others of us, it's totally logistically impossible, leads to us falling asleep, or is just not the way that we find easiest to pray. And that's okay. There are many different ways that we can pray. But regardless of how we pray, it needs to be something that we practice persistently. One prayer that I have found really helpful in my own personal uh, life is the Jesus prayer. Uh, simply building the habit into praying this really simple prayer repetitively. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Repeatedly, persistently praying to God. You don't need to have big, fancy, elaborate words to pray. You can just simply bring yourself to God in prayer. There are loads of resources that can also help us to pray persistently. The Bible app that many of us will have on our phones to read the Bible not only helps us to read the Bible, but can also lead us in prayer. I've mentioned the Lectio 365 app that you can download on a phone as well um, that can help us to be persistent in prayer. Paul also encourages us to pray in all circumstances. Prayer is not just for the times when all is good. Prayer isn't just for the times when things are going badly. It's not just for the times when we have time to sit down and pray. And it's not just for the times when we're too busy to get everything done on our own. This is where a habit of prayer becomes so helpful. Because developing a habit gives us routine. Developing a habit helps us to pray in all circumstances, regardless of time and space. And Paul's final point is really where I want the message to land uh, today. Because Paul finishes his message in 1 Thessalonians by saying, and this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that loops us right back to the truth that we started with this morning, that God wants to have a relationship with you. It's his will for you to come to him in prayer, to build that relationship. He wants to rejoice with you. He wants to share your concerns. He wants to remain with you in all times, in all circumstances. This is the wonder of the Christian message. God loves you. He wants to know you and get relational with you. And the good news is that through Jesus, we can all have a relationship with him. The invitation is open to each and every one of us. Will we get relational with God? Will we choose to know God as he has chosen to know us? He's the one who is exalted among the nations and throughout the earth, And yet we have the opportunity to know him. As we grow in our faith, may we train up and know our God. May we be still and create the space to know him amongst the busyness of all that surrounds us in our lives. 
May we enter into prayerful conversation to live our best lives with him because he longs for us to have a relationship with him. The question is, do we long to have that same relationship with him? Let's pray. Be still, we're told, and know that I am God. And so, Lord God, we take a moment to pause, to be still, to recenter our scattered senses upon the presence of God this morning. Lord, in the stillness, we bring you our prayers. We rejoice and fill our hearts with gratitude for who you are. We welcome Jesus into our lives, confident that he cares and that he is with us always. Lord God, we thank you that you want a relationship with us. Lord, we too want to know you and be in relationship with you. So Lord, would you continue to reveal who you are, to grow us in our faith, that we might continue to know you with us throughout all the life throws at us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.